Good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to North Park Community Church, Fresno. We're so glad that you could join us this morning and we're going to worship together this morning. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name.
Well, together is definitely the place I would rather be, but for right now, that is just still not happening. 2020 threw us for a loop, and we had to change up and do all kinds of different things. And some of them weren't fun, and other things, we learned some new ways to do stuff, which I really appreciated about the new opportunities we had in 2020. In fact, one of the things that we got to do is I got to make videos and come into your home every Sunday, which I never thought that would something like that would happen. Well, here's the interesting thing is when we look at 2020, we realized what we had to do was pivot. We had to change up the way we did things and we had to look at them with a new perspective. So what I'm looking forward to is in 2021 is having that different perspective, not expecting things to be perfect as we've planned because we've learned things can change in a moment. In fact, the only thing that's perfect is Jesus. He's the only thing, the only person that is perfect and that we can expect to be right on all the time. Well, I wanna share this with you. When I was shooting these videos this year, I had to take many retakes. I had many bloopers. I had things that didn't even make it to your home because when I tried them, they just didn't work out. I thought it'd be fun to take a look at the things that went wrong in 2020 and I had fun doing it and looking back and saying, it's okay. I don't have to be perfect because Jesus doesn't expect me to. So let's take a look at 2020 and have a few laughs together, okay? Morning, North Park. Okay, kids, remember. So I'm gonna go like this. Because that part was fine. Okay, so let me I'm go down there. Okay, wait, don't take it yet. Well, I'm already going. Okay, because I can cut it. How do I look? <laughs> On our minds. Okay, let's see what's next. Ready? Oh. <laughs> All that we could ever ask or imagine. Have a super week, and I'll talk to you later. See you soon. What is up? We're doing another test run with a mic. We're gonna see how it does with a long distance. Okay, now the sixth day I told you wasn't done, and that's because his greatest, his greatest, his greatest creation. What that means is, is that, what that means is, <laughs> are put, you're gently placed in the water, and when you kids, this is how baptism is done. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, there's a bird. Just shoot up right to that bird right there, can you? No. Nope. That's okay. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Oh, they're too far away. I, I can't tell, Mom. Okay, come here, come here. Mom, can we just do this yes. video? Yes. Instead of bird calling, look at this. I am at the top of the hill. Oh, baby. And I am ruling the roost from up here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just great news. God to help us resist temptation, this is what happens. <laughs> oh my goodness! What happens when we have God in the center of it, in the center of everything? This is my problem. This is what happens when we ask God to help us resist temptation. Whoa! He can do anything! There you go. Resist temptation? The answer is God. <laughs> I have to put the number in. It really sucked up. <laughs> Just like now, I gotta get up.
and it's okay. I'm like, my mouth is going crazy. Sorry, that was good. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Commander Spokle, come on. What was that throw? Man. Well, there you have it, 2020, a look into the past at some of the things that didn't go so right, but were a lot of fun doing and I hope brought you a few laughs. Looking ahead at 2021, know this kids, it's not gonna be perfect either, but we can find great joy in whatever comes our way when we believe and love Jesus with all of our heart, knowing he's the perfect one, he doesn't expect us to be perfect, but we can certainly take him with us and we can do our best to love life the way Jesus wanted us to live. Happy New Year. Miss you, love you, and see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Happy New Year, North Park Church. Okay, we can add that one to the 2021 bloopers. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2021, and it is so good to be with you and to be here, and I'm sure there will be plenty of bloopers in 2021, but here's what we need to know, is that God has got us, right? 2020 was like no year anybody could have ever imagined or thought of, and 2021 is ahead of us. We know that when we take God with us, we can walk in, in safety and in trust, and we know he's got it. So here's to 2021 and how God has got this year. We're ready to go. And what we love to do, North Park, is, of course, start the year off with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that is what is going to be coming up starting January 11th. And for those of you that don't know what 21 days of prayer and fasting is, you'll be able to find more information on our website at www.northparkchurch.org. But just a little insight to it, it's a time where we give up something that would be really hard, that would be like a sacrifice, that would be something that um, we really, it would be difficult to live without, but we can do it because God is with us. And we invite him in at that time. And it's a time where we ask God to, uh, we want to draw closer to him and we go into prayer and replace that thing that we give up with time with God. So anyway, you can find out more information about that on our website. Also on our website, you can post prayers because of course, we want to continue to pray for you and your needs um, this coming year and this coming month and each and every day. So our staff loves to be able to cover you all in prayer or praises. If you have something that you want to share, we'd love to celebrate that with you. And you can give your tithes and offerings on our website as well. Uh, later today in our service, we are going to be taking communion, and we use typically a cracker and juice, but if you can find something in your house, a piece of bread, a tortilla, a cracker, juice, water, and get those things ready for the end of our service, we would love to have you participate with us. So right now, we're actually going to continue in our worship, so please join me as we move into more worship and into 2021. Thank you. I've searched the world It couldn't fail me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together Here in your love Oh, there's nothing Better than you Oh, there's nothing Better than you Oh, there's nothing Nothing is better than you 
Congratulations, you made it to 2021. We made it out of 2020 alive, and all of our problems have disappeared, right? With the turning of the calendar day and the beginning of a new year, everything is all fixed. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, I wish I could hear you laughing at the ridiculous statement that I just made, but I'm just going to have to imagine that you found that joke funny. In fact, I've never seen so many people so desperate to get rid of a year. People just want to, like, toss 2020 on the dumpster fire and watch it burn. I've been watching with great interest online as people post all kinds of memes and things about how they feel about the year, and I thought I'd share a few of them with you this morning. Here's one. What if 2020 was just a trailer for 2021? I think we'd all be making the face that Lucy is making. Or here's another one. Can it get worse? Yep, I think so. If we all ran out of toilet paper this year, that might be the end of the world. Or maybe this one. Before I agree to 2021, I need to see some terms and conditions. How many of us are going to raise our hand on that one? I think that's pretty fair to ask for. Or finally, this one. (laughs) So be honest. How have you felt about this year? As you look back on 2020, do you think, man, nothing good has come out of that year? Or nothing good could come out of that year? It made me think of a time in the Bible when somebody said, can anything good come from Nazareth? 
In John chapter 1, verse 46, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We've found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph of Nazareth. Nazareth? exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. See, Nazareth was was dusty in summer, and it was muddy in the winter, and it was this small and insignificant place, not close to any big cities. There was social dislocation, poverty, unemployment, political unrest, and it was not the type of place that anybody would look at and say, something good is going to come from that place. And I'd say 2020 is probably a year that we all look at and go, that is not a year that anything good has come from. It certainly was not the year of clear vision, like many hoped it would be. I'm sure you heard so many speeches and sermons about 2020, the year of seeing clearly. It's been a year of confusion, of disinformation, of propaganda, Planning seemed absolutely useless in the face of constant change and constant pivoting. There's been poverty and political and social unrest and unemployment. Nothing has looked like we thought it would or should. And honestly, it has felt like a major punch to the gut. And if we're honest, collectively, we probably have this deep-seated sense of loss of having been cheated, that something was stolen from us because we had ideas and dreams of what it was supposed to look like. And that's what people had when they thought about the Messiah, when they were looking for him to come from a particular place and to look a certain way. See, Nathaniel and everyone else was waiting for this Messiah, the promised one, and they didn't think he would come from an insignificant place like Nazareth. I read this quote this week that I want to share with you, and it says this. If the incarnation teaches us anything, it teaches us that the best place to look for God is where you least expect him. Knowing he intentionally made his home among the poor, the disenfranchised, socioeconomically insecure, those living at the edge, the ones put out with the trash, and this might be helpful in reflecting on where he might have been present and what he might have been doing during this painful year. So where has Jesus been? And what has he been doing during this painful year? Nazareth became a holy place because of Jesus' association with it. And I want to propose to you that 2020 can become a sacred place of redemption and of hope and resurrection if we give it to Jesus. That's what Jesus does. He redeems and he resurrects hopeless situations. That's the good news. And we're going to talk about the good news today. So I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 14. And we're going to look at Jesus' first sermon that he actually happened to deliver in Nazareth. And this is what it says. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and on Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let us pray. God, I pray that as we look to your word today and we ask you to illuminate it for us, to reveal 
your truth to us today. I pray that our hearts would be open and our ears would be open to receive and to hear from you. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm going to ask our question again. Can anything good come from 2020? Like Philip told Nathaniel, come and see for yourself. I'm going to share some good news with you today. This good news is the good news that comes through Jesus. And as we look at this sermon that he gave, he told us what he had come to do. And the first thing he said was to heal the brokenhearted. When we think of the economic impact of 2020, we probably list off lost jobs, compromised schooling, shuttered restaurants, and so much more. It has been significant. And when we think about the emotional and relational impact, that's been significant too. Did you know that symptoms of anxiety disorder are three times higher this year? And that symptoms of depressive disorder are four times higher this year? In Fresno alone, we've had 72 homicides, which is up significantly from 2019. The list is long. And I'm not sure where you fall on the spectrum of how this year has impacted your life. Maybe you are brokenhearted and you're fully ready and willing to admit it. Or maybe you know some people who are brokenhearted and are really struggling. Or maybe you are somebody who is completely unaware and just live in life in the tulips. But if you're wondering where Jesus has been in all of this, I guarantee you this. It is in the binding up and healing of the brokenhearted. Jesus says to us, all that I am, all that I have, all that I do is for your heart's good. It even says in Psalm 147 verse 3 that he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. It says that he is near to the brokenhearted. So the good news today, the good news for 2020 and the good news for 2021 is that there's healing for the brokenhearted. And Jesus does this through his presence. This year, I've had moments where I have felt hopeless. I have been despondent and frustrated and angry and wondering how many more times are we going to pivot and how long are my children going to be out of school and how long are people going to suffer and how many people are going to die. And I have had to go to Jesus. And the times that my heart has been broken, I have found healing and hope in the presence of Jesus. And those of us who have chosen to represent Jesus in the world, those of us who have made him king of our life, we get to respond by being near to those who are brokenhearted also. See, Jesus modeled that for us. And we then get to go and do the same. And there's some really practical ways that we can do that. One is to reach out to people and ask them how they're really doing. Not, oh, how are you doing? Oh, great, blah, blah, blah. No, how are you really doing? Look people in the eye or FaceTime them and look them in the eye. But ask them. If somebody comes on your heart or in your mind, maybe the Holy Spirit is putting them there for a reason. Maybe that's your mission, is to reach out to them. And if you're struggling, I encourage you to open up to people that you can trust about how you're really feeling about your struggle. Be honest. Another thing that we can do is we can cry out to God. And if you don't have the words to say, I encourage you to go to the book of Psalms. King David did this masterfully. And you can read through them. They can become your prayers. And also, you can seek and we can seek professional help. At the church, we have a great list of wonderful people who are ready and available to help. I have to tell you, as somebody who has had like physical heart problems, that I've learned this. When our heart is not working right, It impacts our entire body, our entire being. And so I encourage you to invite Jesus into whatever places in your heart that are broken from this year and invite him and ask him to heal you. He can do it, and he wants to do it. So can anything good come from 2020? Yes. 
We can be part of God's mission to bring healing to the brokenhearted, and we can also receive healing ourselves if we are broken. And the second thing that Jesus said was that he came to bring liberty for the captive. It's always been, but I think maybe more pronounced this year, easy to become enthralled with influences that delude and destroy, that make promises that really are too good to be true. And a lot of things have been calling for our allegiance and our attention this year, and we've gotten sucked in, and we've become captivated by the wrong things. We've become enslaved to things. See, before this sermon was delivered, Jesus was out in the desert, and he faced temptation from Satan. He was fasting and praying for 40 days, and he was tested in three ways, and I'm not going to go into it really a lot, so I encourage you to go back and read it for yourself later so you can get the whole story, but Satan tested him in these three areas, in satisfaction, in ego, and in wealth, and if we're all honest, these are Areas that all of us face temptation. And when we give in to them, it begins to weigh our soul down and we walk into sin. And instead of making New Year's resolutions this year for 2021, I actually am going to encourage you, I'm going to encourage myself to enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting to follow the model that Jesus set for us. See, Fasting is an opportunity, a time for our hearts to be changed, for our perspective to be changed, for us to dive deeper into God's word and into relationship with him, to drown out the noise of the world and turn to God's word, turn to his presence. See, this is how Jesus overcame temptation. And he emerged from that place full of the Holy Spirit and empowered. And then he preached this amazing sermon. But how did he do it? Well, in John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus' own words, he said this, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, in combating temptation in the desert, Jesus knew and he used the word of God. And for us, in combating the temptations from 2020, moving into 2021, we must know and we must use and employ the scriptures. See, the good news is that God's truth can set us free, and we need to remain faithful to the teachings of Jesus, and that is not only to the extent that they fit into our cultural paradigm or make sense to us or make us feel good. No, our cultural paradigm needs to bow to the teachings of Jesus. See, Jesus, called faithful and true in Revelation 19, can proclaim and does proclaim liberty and freedom for us because he's the one that broke every barrier down and conquered the enemy and every foe. So can anything good come from 2020? Yes, friends. Yes, family. We can be set free and become part of God's mission to set other captives free as we remain faithful to the teachings of Jesus. And the third thing that Jesus said that he came to do was to give vision to the blind, a new vision, a new way of seeing things. And I think we'd all agree it's been pretty hard to see clearly at times this year. It's been a year of confusion and disorientation, and some ways have been more comical than others. Like, it's felt like the world got flipped upside down. Old folks have been sneaking out of their houses while their kids yell at them to stay indoors. <laughs> wink, wink, mom and dad. <laughs> and the dumbest thing we probably all feel like we bought was a 2020 planner because nothing worked out the way that we had planned. And we'd write it on the planner and then we'd have to cross it off. And we probably never thought I wouldn't touch him or her with a six-foot pole would become a national policy. Can we all be honest about that one? And people are walking up to bank tellers wearing masks and asking for money, and it's 100% acceptable. And the toilet paper hoarding, what in the world? It's crazy. But there's good things that have come from this year if only we just have the vision to see it. Remember, we find Jesus in the most unexpected places with the vulnerable and the outcast. And so I have some good news. Families have spent more time together. Our schedules have slowed down. 
Hopefully we've learned that to not take our being able to gather together for granted what a gift it is to be able to gather with people. And on a global scale, here's, here's some good news. Africa is now free from wild polio virus. Did you know that? Deaths from terrorism fell for the fifth consecutive year. And after 39 years of work, a translation of the Bible in American Sign Language has finally been completed. Systemic oppression has been named and called into the light. The abortion rate in the U.S. continues to decline. In fact, it's the lowest that it's been since it was legalized in 1973. And the number of people dying from AIDS has decreased by 5.4% this year. It's the lowest level since 1993. These are areas that God is working in. See, he's working, and if only we could have eyes to see it. And maybe if we don't see it, we're looking in the wrong places. Remember, Jesus shows up in places we least expect. So can anything good come from 2020? Yes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have eyes to see how God has been and is working. All of the pain, all of the heartache, all of the confusion, all of the dark nights of the soul, all of the uncertainty, God can take it and turn it into something beautiful because that's what he does. He makes beautiful things. Let's worship some more together.
Amen. So the fourth thing that Jesus said that he came to bring was grace for all. See, anointed by the Holy Spirit, Jesus could now proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The day of salvation and grace has come in Jesus through the cross. And the Lord's table represents this. We're about to enter into a time of communion together. And so if you don't have your elements yet ready, I encourage you to do that. But the Lord's table represents a time when God opens up this table and says, come, sit, eat, be healed, be set free, get a new vision, get my vision, come and be with me. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 and 2, it says, For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus does this incredible work. He heals our brokenness. He binds up our wounds He sets us free from the things that entrap and enslave us. And he gives us a new vision. And then he welcomes us to this table. He says, come and eat. Come and be in relationship with me and others. Come and be part of this kingdom that I'm building. The Lord's table is something that Jesus gave us to do together until he returns so that we can remember. And why remember? Well, I think if it's ever been important to remember the power of the cross, the power of Jesus to resurrect what has died, and the hope that Jesus offers, I think this year would be a good time. I think with days when we feel just bombarded over and over and over and over with bad news, to gather around the Lord's table and get the good news is the best anecdote. Not anecdote, antidote. There we go. The best solution. It's now that we need the Lord's table more than ever to be in relationship and close to God and close to others, to receive the healing that he offers in relationships with other people, a year of just severely broken relationships. When we look back at the destruction of 2020 and then we look forward to 2021, and some of us might be willing to say and be honest that we look at it maybe with great trepidation. We're like, what is it going to look like? What's it going to hold? Let's remember. Let's do this together. Let's remember the power of the resurrection. Let's remember and cling to and hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus. And what are the things that we remember when we come to the Lord's Supper? Well, with the bread, we remember that Jesus himself is the bread of life, and whoever comes to him will never go hungry. And we remember that through his broken body, he will give a crown of beauty, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair. And as we become the broken body of Christ, we can participate in this same mission to do this for our world. And when we look at the wine, this is what we remember. We remember that God is a generous God, that giving his very life so that we can live, we see his generosity. And this is the God who saved the rebellious city of Nineveh that turned five loaves of bread and a couple of fish into lunch to feed thousands. It's the God who is modeled in the shepherd who leaves the flock in search of the single lamb. Or the father who welcomed his prodigal son home with a robe, a ring, and a feast. 
A God who calls us to repentance, not because he wants to control us. Hear me in this. He calls us to repentance so that he can give us healing, so that we can be full participants in this beautiful, amazing kingdom that he is building. Just like Pastor Bob says, he's not a cosmic killjoy standing up in the sky ready to smush us with his thumb. He is a loving, generous God. N.T. Wright says this, when Jesus wanted to fully explain what his forthcoming death was all about, he didn't give a theory. It wasn't A plus B equals C. He didn't even give them a set of scriptural texts. He gave them a meal. And that's what we're going to participate in today as we remember. So just as Philip said to Nathaniel, I implore you to come and see for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So let us do this remembering together by eating this meal together. I invite you to take your elements On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it into pieces. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. God, we follow in the example of Jesus, and we hold these pieces of bread, these crackers, up and we say thank you to you for this. Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. Thank you that you gave it willingly for our sake. And as we consume these crackers, we do it in remembrance of you. We say thank you. Let us eat together. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. So let us drink the cup together. God, we are humbled as we have enjoyed this meal together. We are humbled to remember your generosity, to remember your shed blood on the cross, to remember your broken body. And God, I pray that as we remember as we declare the Lord's death until you return again, that we wouldn't only do it with a meal, but this would be the beginning, that we would do it with our very lives, that we would live in such a way that is worthy of the gift that we have received from you. God, I pray that we would take on this mission of Jesus to heal and to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to gain new vision, kingdom vision, a kingdom way of seeing things, and to extend grace, to point the way to Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for being the way, for showing us the way. I pray that we will live lives that represent you well, that point to you, that lead people to you. Give us your strength by the power of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. Around your throne, who 
today, I would like to pray this prayer over us. And it's adapted 
from Pastor Eugene Cho. So I invite you to open your hands before the Lord as I pray. May we be humble in the triumphs, steadfast in the trials, and faithful in the mundane. May we not be held captive to our circumstances and fears, but rather may our faith speak both honestly and bravely to our circumstances. May we have ears, eyes, and hearts open to learning from whatever circumstances that lie ahead. May we practice what we've learned, especially that what matters most aren't material things, but relationships. Relationship with God and relationship with family, friends, neighbors, and fellow humanity. May we be stirred, moved, disrupted and compelled by compassion and empathy, especially for the vulnerable among us. May we seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly, not going, growing weary in doing good and pursuing God's kingdom here on earth. May we embrace the gifts of silence, of Sabbath, and of rest, not reveling in them, but to know that we are not God. May we all be aware and sensitive to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to be reminded that we're not alone and that we can't do it alone and through it all. May we be present and understand that each great day is not promised to us, but a gift for the glory of God. Amen. God bless you as you go. Happy New Year.